Howdy, folks. Ah, there you are. And just in time. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. Yo ho, yo ho, a parent's life for me. A parent's life for me. A parent's life for me. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I'm one of your hosts, Dewey, and I'm a Tuscan Raider. In celebration of Halloween coming up this week, we thought we would all dress up in some of our Halloween costumes. So I'm here as a Tuscan Raider. <laughs> and my, here with me today are my buddies, Tony and Ron. How you doing, Tony? I'm doing great. I'm actually dressed up as uh, Poe's brother, Edgar Allen, and I am here for everyone to say hello in my, uh, my Poe outfit with my trusty robot here. So happy beeps, everybody. We also have uh, apparently Chewbacca on vacation because <laughs> our buddy Ron is dressed up as Chewbacca on Main Street, USA. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a good day and just enjoying Unfortunately, I can't make the sound. I wish I could make Chewbacca's sound, but um, it's good to be here and looking forward to today's discussion. Come on, Ron. Just make the sound. Do it. You can do uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Well, I, I thought Chewbacca was here. Wow. <laughs> Outstanding. Hey, guys, I've got to ask you both a question. Uh, do Who talks first? Do you talk first or I talk first? Because it's hard to hear you with all that... Uh, Anyway, let's get on with it. Did that answer your question? It answers the question, yes. All right. So today is episode 11, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So because Halloween is coming up this week, we thought that we would go back and reflect on the history of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. All right, guys, so now we've removed our masks so that we can probably, hopefully, be heard a little bit better now. We're going to go ahead and transition into the main segment for this week. So this week, in honor of Halloween coming up in just a few days, we thought we'd change things up just a little bit. And instead of focusing on an attraction like we normally do, we thought it would be fun to reflect on the history and the future of everybody's favorite after-hours party, the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. 
So that is where we're headed today. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. So now, Ron, before we get started and before you start uh, coming in with opinions and saying how much you don't like it or something, can we at least right now confirm that you have actually attended oh, and experienced wow. the it, it, one of these events? Have you been to... Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, or are you going to come in and just lay the hammer down on something you've never done before? Like you the, have the done. good news, Dewey, is is that yes, I've experienced this more than once. Even. Oh, and fantastic, so, uh, fantastic! So I, my opinions matter today, and your from your lack of thinking that I have a valid reason to not enjoy something. Um, this is. <laughs> My, listen, my um, my co-teacher, there's two of us junior ROTC instructors uh, at my school. And so, you know, we're, we're really close. We work hand in hand. He came in a couple of days ago. He's he's about a week behind on our show. So he just listened to the Wedway. Uh, oh, here we episode. go. <laughs> or um, no, that Wedway people move was last week. What was the week before? I don't remember. Whatever it was the week before. And Oh, a tiki room. It was a tiki room. Yeah. Tiki. So we came into work one day this week and he's just chuckling. He goes, oh, man, you really came in from the top rope on your buddy Ron on that tiki room. <laughs> and I said, wait a second. You hadn't seen anything yet. Wait till we get to the, the next episode. He does the exact same thing about something he's never been on before. And we were just rolling. It was hilarious. So I'm very well, excited. Everybody should understand that this is not just a a trend that I do at Disney. I also am very, very finicky on what I eat. And so there's some things that I just look at and decide I don't like them. So I'm consistent among my life, just so you know. You're consistent in in just wholeheartedly just removing something from your your life or whatever just based upon what you think it is correct oh that's fantastic just well, making sure that we know that well i'm excited that you actually have some experience with this topic that way you can give a an opinion on something you have actually experienced so and let's be clear though the 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 things that i have decided that i was not going to participate in were based on reviews, many reviews, not just one person's review, and and decided that my time at Disney is very valuable and that I want to make sure that I experience the best that Disney has to offer. So those two items are things that I just decided maybe I don't need to waste my time. But in, in lieu of making sure I've made the right decision, my next time at Disney, which hopefully will be soon, I will ride both dinosaur and go see the birds at the Tiki Room. I I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> if I were a rich man, I would finance your trip just so we could get those reviews. But well, hopefully, maybe we have a rich man watching that would like to get that done. A rich benefactor. Hey, rich ben benefactors, if you're out there, finance Ron's trip so that dude can check out the Tiki Room. I'd rather than finance the three of us to go and we could do a broadcast right from Disney. Oh, you know what? Like we're talking rich. <laughs> yeah, we, we need that rich benefactor because so far that, that hasn't happened yet. All right, guys. So 
let's uh, let's go ahead and head on in. Now, Tony, you've been to the Mickey's Not So Scary. Before. I was at you've one very one? long time ago, but I've been there. Yes. OK, awesome. I wouldn't want you pulling a Ron and giving your opinion <laughs> on something you hadn't no. done. Oh my God. All right. So all three of us have been. So that's awesome. All right. So first off, I just want to start out by giving a shout out to the places that I went on the old inner tubes to find information this week. Um, I did, you know, always do a little bit of research for these. And I just wanted to throw some some shout outs to bestoforlando.com. Uh, Expedition Theme Park YouTube channel and the Disney Food Blog. So those three places is where I got my information today for for this episode. So those are some of my go-tos when I'm needing to get some information. So that was very helpful. So shout out to those three places. Really good stuff. So let's talk about the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So it's hard to believe that there was ever a time when Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party didn't exist. But that is actually the case. There was a time when, when, this, when Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party wasn't even a thing. The very first one came in the fall of 1995. So we're talking 25 years into Disney World's existence before they even had the very first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. But what happened before that? There's, there, there is some history of the parks celebrating Halloween. So let's talk about that for a minute. So in the early 1970s, when Walt Disney World consisted of basically just the Magic Kingdom, the Polynesian Resort, the Contemporary Hotel, and Fort Wilderness, those places did do a little bit of decorating for, for fall or for Halloween. But you didn't see that on Main Street USA. Nowadays, when you're walking down Main Street, I know this year they've got those big, gigantic fall color wreaths and the big in the center of it is a big Mickey head pumpkin and stuff. That wasn't the case in the 70s. You see, the Imagineers, they they felt like they were celebrating a holiday on Main Street USA every day. You guys know what that might be? What was the theme of Main Street? You guys have a guess? I would guess Independence Day. There we go, Ron. Absolutely. So in the 70s, when you walked down Main Street USA, there was red, white, and blue bunting and banners and flags and all kinds of stuff. So the Imagineers imagined, that's what they do, they imagined that every day on Main Street USA was the 4th of July. So that's why everything was adorned with those red, white, and blue. Especially when you went in 76, Ron, it was... the bicentennial, so it was, you know, over. It was over the top. Yes, dude. there was nowhere you went in the park that. But that was true of America in, in 1976. Yeah. We celebrated our our bicentennial big time. I mean, if you remember, even the quarters all yeah. had. Oh yeah, um, bicentennial. Yeah, I do too. And um, it was, I really enjoyed that era anyway. So it was, it. I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, well, in 1976, I was two years old, so um, <laughs> I don't dude. really have a lot of memories about the yeah. Bicentennial, uh, but I am familiar with those quarters you're talking about there, Ron. You know, I'm the baby of this podcast bunch, so um, I don't remember it, but I'll take, your, I'll take the word of you two old guys. I'll take the word, y'all's word for it. 
Yes, it was patriotic. So on Main Street USA, it was always Fourth of July. You know, patriotic red, white, and blue banners and bunting and everything was really trying to sell that Fourth of July theme. So the Imagineers at the time didn't want to deter from that July 4th theme or confuse guests by celebrating two holidays at the same time. So you wouldn't have found any fall or Halloween decorations on Main Street USA. But that's not to say that Halloween wasn't celebrated at other places around the resort. Uh, when the Lakewood Avista Shopping Village opened in 1975, the Walt Disney World execs worked really hard to inspire guests to travel there and to check it out. They had spent a lot of money opening up, you know, building and opening. They had 29 retail shops and four restaurant offerings in when it opened in 1975. And they were trying to get people to, to go and experience that. One of the more successful offerings was the Village Halloween Party. And this event offered resort guests the, and gave the opportunity to resort guests, but also to locals. They, they were encouraging people that lived there to come in as well. And it gave them the opportunity to come and hang out at Lake Buena Vista. And they encouraged the kids to dress up for Halloween. And each of the locations in the Lake Buena, Lake Buena Vista shopping village had, and this might sound familiar to you guys, had trick-or-treat trick stations. So you could go into the stores and they would hand out candy. So that goes back all the way to 1975. In 1976, the Contemporary Resort hosted a resort Halloween party for resort guests, and it was held in the ballroom of the Americas. And the Magic Kingdom actually did occasionally experiment with some hard ticket events from, from time to time. It wasn't an annual thing. Uh, for example, in 1979, the Magic Kingdom had a, an event called Halloween Hysteria. And this event was held inside the Magic Kingdom from 9 p.m. until 1.30 a.m. after the, port, the park's normal operating hours. And get this, this is, this is actually kind of cool. That Halloween Hysteria in 1979, it featured a couple of 1970s musical acts. Uh, Dr. Hook was there. And the police was there oh. and, and helped celebrate Halloween in 1979. They, they performed there. So I thought that was pretty interesting, especially the police, man. The, they, the police blew up. They were really huge. early on. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So the Walt Disney World Resort would attempt occasional one night events like that. But uh, that went on for about a decade, decade and a half where they would do one night events, you know, here and there. It wasn't necessarily an annual event and it was not the, a, was the one night on halloween itself uh typically typically <laughs> it was actually on halloween it wasn't until october 31st of 1995 that we see the first appearance of mickey's not so scary halloween party but why why did it take so long for them to 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 kind of key in on the fact that they could they could throw a big party every year the answer is probably hidden within another one of Disney's favorite th uh, things to do there at the Christmas time is the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. That event began as a one-night event once a year at the Magic Kingdom in 1983. In 1989, it expanded to two nights, and in 1990, it expanded to three nights. So it was in the 1990s that the Walt Disney World Resort really started ramping up their events and their, their special events for stuff like that. 
uh, and they, let's see, so they, they, they started kind of sprinkling events all over the resort. During a five-year span in the early 1990s, the Walt Disney World Resort introduced the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. They introduced the holidays around the world in Epcot Center's World Showcase. And of course, they started celebrating Mardi Gras each year at Pleasure Island. So when Disney saw that these, the Mickey very, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and other events like Mardi Gras and such could actually lure people in and make a little bit extra money for those hard ticket attractions or hard ticketed events, they knew there was potential to expand to other holidays. So they, they started small at first. The very first Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, like I said, October 31st of 1995, was just a one-night event, and it, it happened right there on Halloween night. So can you guys guess how much this event cost? If you wanted, if you were there in 1985, or I'm sorry, 1995, on Halloween night, and you wanted to go to the very first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, what do you think that would have cost you? A one-person ticket. In 1995, I'm going to guess maybe $20. All right, $20. I was going to guess 30 Okay, so I got a 20 and I got a 30 So Higher, higher. Yeah. <laughs> no, no whammies, big bucks. <laughs> so a ticket to the very first 1995 edition of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party would have set you back the grand total of $16.95 wow. per person. So... That's a bit of a bargain if you know anything about what they cost nowadays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think that sixteen ninety five is almost what a Mickey bar costs now. It's, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and you know, you're not getting a hard ticket to anything for sixteen ninety five. You're not even getting a ride on the monorail. Well, that's free. <laughs> you know what? Just one ride on the Genie Plus uh, individual attraction is fifteen bucks. For, plus for tax, so, resistance. so there you go. Oh, yeah, plus tax. <laughs> so in $6.95 sounds like a pretty good deal. So in 1997, the event grew to two nights. 1999, they added another night and went to three nights. And as demand for the Halloween event was increasing every year, so much that by 2001, it grew to five nights. In 2003, it grew to 10 nights. And in 2004, it had re reached 14 nights. That's the year I went. You went in 2004? That's one of the years I went, yeah. Well, you were there on one of those 14 nights that they, they yeah. had available to you there, Ron. I, I was there in 2003. 2003. Okay, awesome. Uh, you know what, Tony? Uh, I think I, I know for a fact my first time was in 2003 because my son's first trip there uh, he was born in February and we were there in, you know, probably September, October. I'm sure it was October of 2003. So that was our first one as well. So, you know, cause he was, I don't know, seven or eight months old at that time. And, uh, we had him dressed in this gigantic Dumbo costume. I'll, uh, <laughs> oh, when, uh, do you have pictures of that? that oh yeah, absolutely. That. <laughs> when, uh, when, when we do the video for this episode, uh, I will certainly share some, embarrassing photos of my now 18 year old son uh dressed up as dumbo when he's like seven months old <laughs> in, in the stroller at mickey's not so scary halloween party so yeah what did you get what did you, what the rest of you dressed as 
Uh, we just wore uh, incredible shirts. Uh, it was new at the time. Incredible. Uh, I no wait, maybe no. You know what? No, we didn't do that. We went back again because a couple years later, when my son was probably three or four, his costume was Dash. Okay. Um, so we didn't wear incredible shirts that year. We we wore my, my wife and I wore our Incredibles T-shirts the year that JD, my son, was dressed as Dash. Um, I can't remember their last name. What's what's uh, what's Bob Parr? So Dash Parr. That's what it was. His costume was. So I don't remember what I might have been wearing for the first one in 03. Well, I know oh, I know you're, you'll probably get to it later, but. I, th- I don't think that adults were allowed to dress as anything at that period yet. I know that uh, they, they discouraged masks. They discouraged sure. it. Yeah. And, and, and um, costumes. I think that adults, they're, they're restricted to, they can dress up, but it has to be regular clothing that yes. resembles. What eventually character. became bounding. Yes. You can't uh, like if, if I wanted to dress up like Snow White, I can't yes. wear the Snow White dress. I have to be something that is inspired by Snow White's dress or whatever. So there are some limitations to adult. Is that true? Even if it's an official Disney costume? Yes, because they don't want guests, other guests, Uh, confusing you with the action of Snow White or whatever. That makes sense. I guess it makes sense. Yes, absolutely. For kids, it makes sense. So in 2005, the event grew to a... 15 night extravaganza and that was also the year that they debuted the hallow wishes fireworks show which is basically a halloween version of the nightly wishes fireworks show that was featured in the magic kingdom at that time so by 2013 mickey's not so scary halloween party saw its availability significantly increase they went to 23 nights in 2013 because halloween is a month-long event yeah, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. By 2019, the last year that it was held before the global pandemic, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party had become a gigantic affair. Guests were, are, uh, were ushered out of the park at 6 p.m. for the official start time of the party at 7 p.m. And oh, some guests have actually reported that they were able to get in as early as 4 p.m. Yeah. with their Mickey's mm-hmm. Not So Scary Halloween Party uh, wristbands. Mm-hmm. But uh, the officially, you're supposed to come in at six, and the the guests that are not attending the party are supposed to leave at six. So in 2019, the party had grown to an outrageous 36 nights. 36 nights. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with calendars, but none of the months have 36 days in them. (laughs) So now we're talking, we're spreading out through months other than October. So the, the five dates, there were five dates, get this, y'all, this just makes me, I don't know, shocking, or maybe it's not shocking. I don't know, but five dates in 2019 for Mickey's not so scary Halloween party started in August, (laughs) August. So two full months ahead of October, right? Can you imagine being in one of those big, hot, furry costumes in August in Disney? Not only that, I mean, they're they're all decked out already and you're trying to enjoy summer and you're being reminded it's going to be fall any second. 
Yeah. Hey, we're not doing summer anymore because poof, here's some pumpkins. Now yeah. it's fall. There you go. And ignore that 96% humidity with a temperature of 94 <laughs> degrees. Just ignore that. It's fall. So yes, five nights in August, 12 nights available in September, 18 nights in October. And just for fun, they did one on November 1st. So I guess you could go the day after Halloween and still go to a Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. So what are the benefits of attending a Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party? There's a few. So attendance is limited. Disney actually only sells a certain amount of tickets. So the Magic Kingdom is less crowded than on a typical day or night. And I can tell you the early ones, like when I went in 03 and stuff, Many of the rides were just almost a walk on. Yeah. Like you could just go get on one. Even some of the more popular ones, you may have to wait five or 10 minutes for, for like a Splash Mountain or a Space Mountain or something like that. But the smaller crowds did, did uh, help you be able to get on some of those attractions pretty quickly. I'll tell you, as the years went on, Disney uh, realized that, hey, we could sell more tickets to this thing. And it, it got pretty crowded, even on a hard ticket night. It didn't seem a whole lot different than a regular Magic Kingdom attendance day. It was it towards uh, the later times that I went, probably close to close to somewhere in the 2010s, 2012, 2013, something like that, that you really I didn't see that benefit anymore because they were selling more and more tickets. But in the beginning, it was a pretty good benefit. You could go and walk on just about anything. Do you, do you then, guys know, or do we do know that did, did the park historically stay open late prior to these Halloween parties? I mean, what did it normally close at nine? Did it always have 12 o'clock days? Do you know about that? During the summer, which um, that's what August is, uh, the parks usually stay open until about midnight or so. Midnight. So they would, you know, you literally were getting kicked out of the magic kingdom, you know, like five or six hours early. If you uh, didn't have a ticket to the Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. So when, if we were ever down there and weren't attending the, the party, then we would, we just didn't go to magic kingdom that day because you're getting kicked out early. Mm -hmm. But so they just take, you know, close early to regular guests and then park guests that had hard ticket, uh, party tickets could they could you know enjoy the park with a little bit less of a crowd i now, remember when we were first planning um our trip because it was easy and, and now you guys have me questioning if it was 2003 or 2004 but in any case um when it was one one of the first trip with the family and we were going when the Mickey's not so scary Halloween party was there, obviously. And I remember when I was planning, I was like, how can you close your park early when you've got vacationers coming that are spending so much money to, to come? And I, I, I don't mean to get on my soapbox here, but Disney is a destination that families plan for for most families have to plan for for years to be oh, able yeah. to go and then they close the park early and say oh 
on this day, if you want to stay in the park, you've got to buy another ticket. And I really struggled with that decision because it was adding a considerable cost. I don't remember the cost, but it was not, it wasn't just like, oh, that's no big deal. We'll just buy a ticket. It was truly had to weigh whether or not it was going to be worth it or not. Um, and we'll, once we start talking about experiences, I'll talk more about what I think the, the outcome was. But um, I, I remember that being a very big struggle of deciding and and if i remember right we were not when we when you're there the mickey's not so scary halloween party is not every night but it's a significant number of nights um during it's usually like two or three nights a week that uh that they do it especially in october when they're doing there was like 18 nights that it was Mm -hmm. offered in october so you know out of 31 days 18 of them magic kingdom closes early so they can have the the party so and Ron, it, you're it, talking before you could actually plan everything through an app or through a uh, through the website right absolutely so i remember when we went in 2003 the 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 price for the party i believe at that time was 69.95 a person it was I'm pretty it was sure less that's for what, us it was less it was about 35 Okay, maybe then maybe um maybe it's a later one that I went to because I think I've been to it three or four times. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know I know we it went. started to go up, and that's why we were not able to. to Absolutely, and it you know when in the beginning when we would do it, it was kind of worth it because, like I said, of those those smaller crowds meant more rides. So you yep. could pay like if you're paying thirty five bucks or whatever for a ticket then it, it kind of made sense. You were getting on all those rides and you could experience the party. But when it got to be, you know, 69 or 89 or whatever it eventually got to, then it wasn't, it was, it made less sense because of the expense versus what you got for it. So, but like I said, in earlier, in the early days when we went in 03 or 04 or whatever, it was definitely a benefit to get in there and have smaller crowds and because that allowed for opportunity to go on many of the rides with a shorter than normal wait time. Also available during these parties were special Halloween treats. Disney rolls out new and interesting holiday themed treats each year for, for the fall season. And some of them are exclusive only to the Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. So you can't get some of those things you know, some of them may be available just because it's fall, but there are a handful every year that are exclusive to just party nights. So you have to be at the party to get something. One of the more fun things is trick-or-treating in the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom cast members hand out, this is a big number, check this out, more than 200 tons of Halloween wow. candy during a, a, a annual event. So from whatever they started in August and they go to the November 1st, they hand out over 200 tons of candy that uh, when I saw that number, my eyes almost popped out of my head. It's like, wow, that's, that is a ton of candy. So each ticket holding guest is handed a trick or treat bag upon entering the park. So, you know, everybody gets their little orange bag with the handles and then you can go and, and trick-or-treat it's really cool they have these gigantic you guys will probably remember they have these gigantic uh helium balloons that are like orange and that's where the trick-or-treat stops are in each one of the parks 
And that was super cool. That was a lot of fun. Who was the, do you know who the sponsor was? Was it Wrigley's or, or, uh, well, uh, that's MMRs? actually the next thing I'm about to say. Yes. The, the, uh, they didn't hand out the cheap stuff. It was actually, you know, the good quality candy. So not, uh, not those cheap peanut butter things and the black and orange wrappers. Right. It was actually, Hey, those are good bars. though. Of course you like them. You don't like the tiki room, but you'll eat those cheap peanut butter candy. Peanut butter kisses is what they're called. And oh they're awesome. Yes. I well, They're great. Goodness gracious. Why didn't that surprise me, Ron? You've tried that, but you know. won't try the tiki room. So, yeah, there wasn't the cheap candy, like Ron's favorite peanut butter twisties. I didn't or whatever say it was my called. favorite. I said they're good. So <laughs> you could get stuff like M&M's and Skittles and Milky Way bars. So, you know, actual high quality candy. So what is that? I guess that's uh, the Mars company. Probably Mars. That, yeah. uh, that was the sponsor. Uh, so the good stuff, right? The good stuff. And cast members are actually very generous when they hand out the candy. They're not just giving you like one, one, uh, one bar, or one bag of M&Ms. I'm talking they they, they like dig in with a great big handful and just dump it into your, into your, your bag. I, look, I remember one of the times we went, we, I had a backpack with me and each time we would fill one of those bags that we were given, like the Disney bag. And when it got full, we would just dump it into my backpack and and then, I mean, refill the trick-or-treat bag again. When we got back to the, I don't remember if it was a hotel or if we were staying at my father-in-law's at the time, but when we got back that night, man, that backpack was full of candy, like heavy. And there was still candy in the bags. I mean, they're, they're definitely, the cast members are generous with their, their portions when they're, when they're handing out you your trick-or-treat candies. I remember when um, the the verdict was still out when we first got to Walt Disney World. If I made the right decision of Mickey's not so scary um, Halloween party, and I remember we had planned to go to um, Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom one day where it was not the the party, and when we pulled up, I think the the party was going on we had hopper passes. So we didn't worry that we weren't going to get a full experience that day. And when we pulled up to the, cause we drove, we pulled up to the parking. Um, and to your point, Dewey, they dumped a load of candy into our um, car. And I was like, maybe I didn't make the wrong decision. And that was even, we didn't even have tickets to the party. Just in, in the parking lot, they dumped, they dumped. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So it was, it was very interesting. Oh yeah. They, they definitely weren't shy with filling your bag with candy. That's for sure. My guess is that it was probably, they worked out some deal with, with Mars or whatever the, the, the sponsor. Well, what's was. interesting. Um, if you eat an M&M, it, the, the likelihood that it was made here in Cleveland, Tennessee is probably 99% um it, it used to be the only place M&Ms were made now they've got i think two or three places that M&Ms are made but obviously mars is a big company here in cleveland and during halloween if you can't get a twix or a bag of M&Ms basically for free you're not trying real hard wow. i mean everybody they just really support the community so that does not surprise me that they would just load disney with with product 
I did not know that about Cleveland, Tennessee. I didn't know that's where M&Ms were made. It's interesting. I mean, we should talk maybe one day about our hometowns and, and, and how much they impact the world, but it would be, it would surprise you how much Cleveland, Tennessee impacts the world. Well, considering I never even heard of it until you moved there, I would be surprised. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. So that's the candy, but what about entertainment? So Disney definitely has lots of entertainment in the Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, specifically in 2019, some of those offerings were the Boo to You Halloween Parade. And this is actually a pretty cool parade. And really the best part of it is how it starts. The, the beginning of the parade, as you're sitting there on Main Street or whatever, you, you hear the galloping, the sounds of horseshoes hitting the pavement of Main Street USA. And you look up and you see the headless horseman just screaming down on Main Street USA. You know, no head, obviously he's the headless horseman. Uh, and he's got a got that pumpkin in his hand, like he's going to throw that flaming pumpkin at you and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's on a gigantic horse and just screaming down Main Street USA. And, and that's an absolutely exciting way to begin the Halloween parade. That's really, really cool. It was always my favorite. Another highlight of the Booty You Halloween parade is the March of the Gravediggers. And have you guys seen those guys? Yes. Those guys are super cool. They, uh, you know, they're dressed up as like an undertaker, gravedigger, whatever. Uh, and as they're going down main streets in, in the parade, they're banging and clanging their grave digging shovels on the pavement of Main Street USA. And they'll, they'll strike the concrete and then just scrape those shovels on the road. And, they're, you know, sparks, those big bright orange sparks fly from their shovels and stuff. Uh, and that's super cool. That's, uh, you know, that's... That's really a lot of fun because it's, you know, those sparks are flying and they're all, you know, spooky looking in the makeup and stuff. Those grave diggers are really cool, too. A, a quick question for you, Dewey. Was that part of Mickey's Not So Scary or is that part of Boo Bash or is that the same thing? Or? I think uh, we, we'll get into the Boo Bash here in a few minutes, but uh, it was part of the of the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. And when they shifted gears because of the pandemic and didn't do mickey's not so scary halloween party for 20 or 21 the the boobash does have the grave diggers in it as well but it was definitely present there in the mickey's not so scary halloween party at least for the 2019 version i most of my the information that i'm delivering here right now uh, about the the most recent one was in 2019 so all of these events that i'm talking about right now are specific to the 2019 version of the party, the last one we had before uh, before the pandemic. So the parade also features a great many of Disney's most popular villains. You know, it's Halloween is spooky, so they have the spooky villains out there for you. Uh, you can see the Evil Queen and Maleficent and Hades and Captain Hook and Jafar, just a few of them that, that were out and about. So those are some pretty cool characters that you don't really get to see all the time. It's pretty rare to see Maleficent or, or something like that walking around, walking around the uh, the parks. So also in the 2019 uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, they had the Hocus Pocus Villain spelled Spelltacular. The Hocus Pocus Villain Spelltacular. That's uh, interesting. Like, everything they do has they're using the word spectacular, and then they put spooky in front of it or whatever. <laughs> so. 
Uh, that show was at the Castle Forecourt stage. I've never really been a fan of the Hocus Pocus characters or the Hocus Pocus movie or whatever. I don't think I've even seen it. I saw it really? once, probably yeah. 30 years ago. I mean, it was okay. You guys but... are killing me. That's a, a classic. Oh, really? So everything that you pull with us on this show, and we're killing you because we're not fans of Focus Focus. Okay, Ron. I'm just saying it, I'm not necessarily an overwhelmingly fan of Focus Focus, but it's definitely something that is on our TV every Halloween. Uh, I didn't say I hate it, uh, but, <laughs> but let's be clear, Ron, I have witnessed it, so I can have a valid opinion. So is it, so now is that going to be now I don't have a valid opinion because I chose to not make an opinion about two two things um, that no Ron that this is not just a uh, exclusive to Ron thing nobody on planet <laughs> Earth can have an opinion on something they've never seen or done or tried or heard if you haven't done it no opinion you can't have one. That goes for fair every enough. human on the planet. That's fair. Not just you, Ron. But I do have one, even oh, though Oh, thank I goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he does have an opinion on Hocus Pocus. That's one of his favorite Halloween movies. So I didn't say... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the man's never gone on the Tiki Room, but <laughs> he'll defend Hocus Pocus to the death. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tiki rooms. Why? I don't understand your love for this so much that you were so offended. But Walt Disney. Walt Disney. That's right. I keep forgetting he was involved Walt Disney. With it. Walt Disney. That's fair. That makes sense. Everything I say makes sense, Ron. If it doesn't make that sense, is I not say. true. But, <laughs> I won't say. But I'll give you this one. <laughs> anyway, sorry to offend the 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 likes of Ron with his all time favorite. Hocus Pocus Halloween movie. Well, Ron, in 2019, you could have seen a, a show on the stage in front of the castle about your favorite Hocus Pocus characters. So maybe that'll come back in, in future versions of it. I don't know. I hope you didn't miss it since you love it so much. So also in the 2019 Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. This one actually sounds pretty cool to me. I haven't seen it. I didn't get to do this. Uh, the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor held, held a special show for the party in which the residents of Monstropolis attempt to learn more about the human customs of celebrating Halloween. So I guess they they would ask people in the audience to, you know, why are you dressed like that? Or your clothes are funny. And then, you know, <laughs> hilarious in, in, in encounters ensue. So that one actually sounds pretty cool. I bet hey, that was sir, cool. take off that hat. Oh, sorry, lady. <laughs> no, that's you're confused. That's the <laughs> I'm only kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although still funny, doesn't matter in which context, right? Actually, you know, it actually would be funny if they took that joke from the Muppets and put it in. You're a genius. You're a genius, Tony. Maybe you should be one of the characters in the Monstropolis uh, laugh floor. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'll allow it. I like it. Is that okay? Glad with you, you would Ron? allow that, doing. Is that okay with you, Ron? <laughs> I actually think that's a great idea. Anything that Tony comes up with, I'm oh, probably going to be in agreement. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I see how it is. Okay, hocus pocus. And of course, all of these nighttime ticket events wouldn't be complete 
without a good old fashioned Disney dance party, right? Who here loves Disney dance parties? Raise your hand. No, <laughs> kids none do. of kids us do. Yes, the kids, kids do love. like them. They sure do. And Ron, is is it okay if I criticize it, or is this one of your favorites? Not one of my favorites, but my girls did love it, and the characters are there to dance with them. I mean, it's kind of for kids. It's cool. Sure. In the 2019 edition of Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, there were not one, not two, but three different Disney dance parties in the Magic Kingdom on this this uh, in the 2019 version. Wow. Over at Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe on the stage where normally you could see uh, Sunny Eclipse singing, uh, they they lowered sunny eclipse or raised him i think it actually goes up and then the stage is there they had there the descendants party you know you know that show on disney channel the descendants yes so they you know very cleverly changed the descendants to descend dance and dance is all in caps descendants dance party theme to disney channel's show the descendants and they also had over in Storybook Circus, you could find the Disney Junior Dance Party. So my kids are both, you know, teenagers in high school and graduated from high school and stuff. So I uh, don't watch much Disney Channel, you know, what is it, J- Disney Junior? But I guess there's like a, a show where the kids are vampires or something. Oh, yeah. My, my yeah. nieces love that one. Yeah. So those Disney Junior Dance Party uh, f- featured those those uh, okay. characters. And then over at the Rocket Tower stage in Tomorrowland. Here we go. And here we go again with another one of those super creative words. The Screamo Ween <laughs> Dance Party. <laughs> featured your favorite dancing monsters, Mike and Sully from. Oh, Monster no, that's kind of cool, though. So, Scream Oween. Scream Oween. I guess that's like Halloween, only you're screaming. Scream Oween. So, Mike and Sully would dance with you there. And some, this is pretty cool. Some of your Magic Kingdom, your favorite Magic Kingdom attractions, even received a spooky overlay. So you could go to the Mad Tea Party, and it featured a flashy light show, and they played spooky tunes while you rode the Mad Tea Party, including Grim Grinning Ghosts. So you could be oh. spinning the teacups while rocking out to Grim Grinning Ghosts. So that sounded pretty cool. That sounded kind of cool. And Space Mountain featured a completely blacked out dark ride. No lights in that joint mm. at all. Completely blacked out. And it also had a spooky soundtrack. So pretty cool. They did those overlays. There was also one over at Pirates of the Caribbean. They had real life actors, not just the animatronics in there. They had real life pirates dressed up on the sets. And, you know, they would like spook you and scare you while you're on the ride. That's pretty creepy. Pirates of the Caribbean. So I thought that was pretty cool, too. So some pretty neat uh, Halloween or spooky overlays on some of them. Yeah, the overlay for Pirates seems a little intense for Disney. Yeah, kind of kind of cool. That would have been neat to see. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, one of the highlights of the Mickey's Not So Scary Party 
like we said, you get to see the opportunity to see rare characters. I know in the past I've seen uh, all the Pooh characters were dressed up. It's like the Pooh characters were wearing Halloween costumes. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of cool that some of the Mickey was in a costume and Minnie was in the costume just wearing Halloween costumes. So those are pretty cool. And if you know anything about Disney, then you know they will never miss out on the opportunity to sell you some merchandise. And you know that there's plenty of special event merchandise for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. You could find that logo and Mickey's face with like Dracula teeth and stuff pasted onto anything you can imagine. Cups and hats and T-shirts and bags and iPad cases and, you know, phone cases and everything you can imagine. You could buy Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And of course... It's exclusive to that event. You can't buy it unless you go to the event. So that's pretty cool. Disney loves to sell us some merchandise. And of course, no Halloween party at the Walt Disney World Resort would be complete without a special fireworks show. So in 2019, the party actually received a brand new show, the Not So Scary, here it comes, spooktacular <laughs> hosted by jack skellington himself so our buddy jack from uh what is it the uh, nightmare before so christmas nightmare yes. before christmas yeah yeah nightmare before christmas or something like that jack skellington was the host of the not so scary spooktacular in this show minnie mouse and all her pals embark on an epic adventure that involves villains spooks and plenty of pyrotechnics, not to mention some truly impressive castle projections. And it also features the now famous for Halloween 360 degree fireworks. So the fireworks aren't just in front of you. They are all around you. If you're standing on Main Street USA, they're in front of you and behind you and circle around you. Pretty cool stuff. And Halloween projections also not just on the castle but you can see Halloween projections on all of the buildings of Main Street USA. Oh, so those wow. projections uh, were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty significant on both sides of the street. So that was the last one we've had. As you guys know, the, unfortunately, the, the global pandemic kind of put a, put a pause on Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And they did not have one for now nah, for 2020 because the parks, you know, the parks only opened again in July. They were closed from March to July. And when they did reopen, there were still all kinds of restrictions, restrictions. wearing masks and stuff and indoors and outdoors and everything. So what's up? What's coming for Mickey's not so scary Halloween party in the future? And to be honest, at this point, nobody really knows. For 2021, Disney held a bit of a, a modified Halloween celebration, and it was called the Disney After Hours Boo Bash. Hmm. That, um, for me, for being one of the most creative companies in the world, that, that name doesn't really inspire me to go spend tons of money and attend this, this event. The event was limited to only three hours, 
So it usually started at, it started at either 9 p.m. or 9.30 p.m. And it was for 28 select nights in August through October. But gone, fellas, gone are the days of $16.95 getting you into one of these parties. I'm scared to find out how much this was. Oh, yeah, this is scary. Scary. This is than- <laughs> Listen, did they put a, 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 a fun name to this? Did they come up with a creative name for the scary price? Uh, I think it's <laughs> Disney murders your wallet. I think that's what it was called. No, that and was that Genie Plus. Really terrifying. <laughs> that was Genie Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sixteen ninety five hard tickets. Bye bye. No longer the case. This year's Boo Bash will set you back. Okay, fellas, give me a guess. What do you think? Oh my goodness. Uh, eighty nine bucks. What about you? Ryan? I was going to say eighty, but. Okay, well, I have a feeling I'm low because it's an after hours party, 33 hours, right? Three hours, yes. I love your optimism because both of you are somewhere in the 80s for ticket prices. And let me tell you, fellas, you are way off, way <laughs> off. Now, for three hours? Uh, yes, sir, for three hours. But remember, you oh, get I can't a bag wait to hear this. Okay. So you know how in recent years, Disney has loved to, to have a sliding scale of how much something will cost you based on time of year. So, you yeah. know, a hotel room will cost you one price if it's in the winter and another sure. price if it's near a holiday or the summer. Well, the Boo Bash for 2021 also had, I guess you could call it that flex pricing so one night of three hours of Halloween boobash extravaganza will cost you, depending on time of year, $129 up to, oh, y'all sitting down, $199 no, you're per kidding. adult. You're... I am not kidding. <laughs> and listen, to do what? To do what? There's also no distinction distinction between adult or child. You're wow, paying. really? Yes, it's a ticket, and that's how much it costs. But so what do you do in those three hours? What can you do in three hours? Well, um, I, here, let me tell you. Depending on the date, obviously, the closer to actual Halloween, the closer you get to October 31st, the, the more expensive that hard ticket will cost you. So if you want to go on October 31st, you will pay $199 for every person in your party. For events, here's what you get for that, that price, fellas. Wait, wait, I've got to ask you. Do you still have to get do you still have to use Genie Plus on, on that night? Uh, that's a good oh, question. Dear I, Lord. You know, Genie Plus just started last week. So I'm, I'm only not teasing. Real sure. Hopefully not, know. but. Yeah. Can you imagine you still got to use the individual attraction selection to yeah. get on? So, oh, my goodness. So for your one hundred and twenty nine to one hundred and ninety nine dollars per person, adult or child, doesn't matter. You get a special Halloween cavalcade. Now, I don't know how a cavalcade is different from a parade, but during all the social distancing and stuff, Disney was careful not to call anything a parade I, I think it was like a, they called it a cavalcade because it it wasn't a set time like it could just happen at any time so they didn't have people 
crowding and sitting together for two hours at a time, waiting on it, waiting on it to happen. Yeah. So when we were there in March, Dewey, they actually had a time. They just didn't announce the time to the the guest. And it basically was a one float parade that would come around Main Street and be a theme, obviously, that would go in it. So it was interesting. We found out from a cast member because we actually kind of enjoyed seeing some of those and we didn't want to miss some of them. So they would do it at the top of the hour. Um, but it was not as distinct as a parade because it could run late, a few minutes late. But um, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there from that experience. But. So I guess shorter than a parade and kind of unannounced. That's the difference. Unannounced because they didn't want people to gather right. waiting for it. So that was the difference between a cavalcade and a parade. So there were special Halloween cavalcades and you could see some of those uh, some of those spooky characters that uh, were also featured in the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. So there you go. There's one of your benefits of the Boo Bash, fellas. Uh, one of the things that actually is pretty cool. Uh, so you guys know about the Dapper Dans, right? Those are the barbershop yeah. quartet that sing on Main Street. Well, the Dapper Dans, unfortunately, have uh, have passed on to the other side. And at the Boo Bash you will get to see the cadaver dance. Oh. So they are the dapper dance dressed up like uh, zombie goats, singing guys, you know, cadaver dance. So that's kind of a fun play off the dapper dance, that a cappella group. So they would, and this is pretty funny, they make their comeback from the dead appearance. So that's pretty funny. So the cadaver dance. So here we go. You get to see that the, the dapper dance dressed as zombies for one hundred ninety nine dollars. You could also still trick or treat. That's still there. Trick or treating. So you better bring a big bag if you're going to get one hundred ninety nine dollars worth of Milky Way bars, fellas. Are they still as generous? Um, I guess <laughs> I didn't see anything that, that said otherwise. So my guess is, I guess, yes, they're still generous with their portions. It's going to, they're going to need a dump truck to give me $199 worth of Milky Way bars though. So trick or treating was still a thing. And this is actually kind of cool. They had special Halloween themed photo pass experiences mm-hmm. available to you. So where you would find a photo pass photographer, the they would take your picture and then you know the the neat little overlays and stuff that that Disney puts on your pictures. They you could be holding the flaming pumpkin right here in mm. your hand. You could be you would hold your hand and you could see the flaming pumpkin from uh, the headless horseman. So that one the was kind of cool. Ichabod and Mr. Yes, Toad. exactly. Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Uh, so that one's cool. You could hold that flaming pumpkin or jack-o'-lantern uh you could also stand next to the the headless horseman and he the big gigantic horse and the headless horseman you could stand next to that you know they would you know obviously put that on top of your photo and it looks like you got your photo with him and then also another one this is probably my favorite it's pretty cool you could stand there and pretend like you're hitchhiking and they would put in the three hitchhiking ghosts next oh, to that's you. fun so those are some pretty cool uh, Halloween themed photo pass experiences. 
except not to ruin the fun, but how long are the lines to do all of these things? Uh, well, if uh, you're paying $199 per ticket, I know that uh, if, if you make as much money as I do as a high school teacher, there's only like seven people there because I can't afford that kind of experience. That's a lot of cash. And I just, what, where, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I just don't understand where Disney's going. I, I mean, they're, they're overpricing their experience. I don't see there. There's a point where you outprice yourself for, for your traditional family and you're just going to, get to a point where you're going to start seeing a decrease in attendance and, and people getting very frustrated with a, with some place that they love. So Ron, you say you don't understand where Disney is going. Well, I mean, it, it's apparent where they're going. Yes. Uh, I know uh, the answer to that. They're going to yeah. the bank. They're going to the bank. At, at some point people are going to stop going to Disney. Well, uh, we'll see, uh, because in uh, no spoilers, but we're going to talk about uh, the Genie Plus stuff again here in the next segment, what's happening now in Walt Disney World. And, and Ron, we'll see if people are stopping their uh, trips to Walt right. Disney World. And the thing is, we don't intend to boob. Uh, to boobash we don't intend to bash disney on this podcast it's more you know we we actually love the place and we're, we're, we're we like to reflect on the experiences that we had but it's very disappointing to us to hear that this kind of thing is going on to a place as dewey just said that we we loved and, and that ron said that we always used to go with our families and and enjoy it it's very hard to enjoy it when yeah we worry with about. that i want that i really want to continue this tradition and of going yeah. but when I hear that $199 for a ticket for something that we went to that I, I don't remember the exact cost, but it was nowhere near nothing like that. Yeah. That nothing like that. It wasn't gonna be where it was just priced to the that we couldn't even consider it. And $199 is priced to where I couldn't even consider going to that. Yeah. And and so yeah, no, I'm not intending to bash. I, I just I I don't for me, they're pricing themselves outside yep. of a vacation for me. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, Tony, I'm glad you said that because let's be very clear. We, we wouldn't be doing a podcast about Walt Disney World if we didn't love the place. I Absolutely. mean, we are, uh, you know, there is somehow, some way the Walt Disney World Resort is involved in my daily life mm -hmm. every single day whether I'm listening to another Disney podcast or I'm listening to Disney music on my computer at work, I have it in the background or I'm reading a book or something, uh, you know, Disney in Disney world is literally uh, every day I experience something related to Disney world. So don't anybody miss misjudge our intentions here. We love the place. And it's been my dream since I was 11 years old to work at Disney world. And that is still my dream. I plan on working there someday, the, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be critical when we feel like there needs to be criticism. And listen, you, you guys were asking me, what else do you get from the boobash? That's it, fellas. That's it. Just That's the, it. Uh, the cavalcade, the character and the bag of candy. That's it. That's it. Wow. 
And that doesn't account you know, for all the waiting. I know and before the boobash, I know my little niece, my sister, my, my niece took her daughter to the, uh, the previous holiday party. And she said she spent most of the night just waiting in line to see Jack Skellington because she, def- she wanted to see Jack and Sally. She said she spent about two or three hours that night just in line. Wow. So there's your whole night right there. Absolutely. Well, it's only for three hours. So wow. that's literally the only thing they did if they were in line for two hours. So, you know, I, you would think that maybe Disney would have recognized that they were offering less of a product because, and look, I, I'm not bashing them for doing that. I understand there were restrictions and, and such because of the pandemic, but if you're going to offer less, then you should probably charge less. Uh, and instead, they really just jumped up the prices and and offered less. So that, you know, I guess that's more bang for their buck. They have to pay for less, but you're they're still making all those those extra dollars from those increased ticket prices. But that's it. That's all, you know, they're that's all they were offering for this special wow. um, special ticketed, hard ticketed event. As for next year, Disney really hasn't released any specifics on what will return in 2022 will it be the after hours boo bash again or will they transition back to mickey's not so scary halloween party um disney hasn't said but most of what i what i read online when i was reading and stuff most people are speculating and you know people that have a little bit of inside knowledge where they're you know have connections with people inside the company they feel that it's it's probably going to be the return of mickey's not so scary halloween party but disney certainly hasn't made any announcements yet normally disney starts selling tickets for for that year's event usually around february or march so i my guess is we will find out in february 2022 somewhere around that time what the actual event is going to be for halloween 2022 so That's it for the future and the history of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So, fellas, would you like to share some particular memories or anything anything, uh, pertinent to your your actual experiences? Any story you'd like to share? Would you like to reflect on your trip to a Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party? Well, do you alluded to the fact that we may have been there the same year. Uh, I had forgotten this, but I I looked at... Uh, the year that I was there online, it was 2003. And one of the most impressive things that I remember getting, getting there to see was uh, they had put, they they had placed a huge globe of Madame Leota in the front of the park. Do you remember this Dewey? As you, as you came out off of the, of the um, monorail there in the front entrance there, there was a huge balloon type thing with Madame Leota's face in it. And I don't remember if it moved or anything, but I remember that that was kind of creepy to see. Wow. You know what? I do not remember that. And even as you're saying it, I don't have a recollection yeah. of it. So there's a photo of it. I'll, I'll probably share it. And um, I, I remember the, the day that we went to do this, it was the night before my wife and I went down to, to for our very first Disney cruise. And We figured that we'd go to the park as well, but unfortunately she had gotten sick. Ironically, as soon as we got off the airplane, we had to wait. What worked out perfectly was we had tickets to that night's Halloween party and it was only $35. So we were able at that time, 
So we were able to get to the park at, I think it was four or 4.30 and get to enjoy most of that evening and still uh, make up for a park day that we wouldn't have had otherwise. It would have been a, a, a day in the park and then the Halloween thing for us. So we, we, we were able to get in on many of the rides. I think it was one of the first times that we were there that late that we got to experience the park at night. So I think um, that's part of the, of the joy and the fact that we could just, like you said, walk on those rides. I remember walking on Splash Mountain. We did it about two or three times. Um, we went on a lot of rides that we normally love in the daytime. I think we even got on Peter Pan for one of the few times that we were able to while we were there. And uh, one of the things that you didn't mention before, I think this was included in the price back then. I have it somewhere. And if I do have it, I'll share it, even though it's not a great one. We were given a photo, a commemorative photo of our, of our, of our experience there, uh, where we were able to get the candy, went into this room. I think it was by uh, Tomorrowland. And they took a photo for us and gave it to us. So that was uh, fun. And it, it was fun to be at a, at a Disney event other than being there in the middle of the day under the hot sun. And I, as I'm saying, 2003 was probably one of the first times that I did that. Yeah, I think I remember that um, that photo pass place where they would print the picture out for you or whatever. I think they, they if I'm remembering correctly, they took that picture in front of a backdrop that yeah. was over by Mike and Sully's, uh, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. What it I is think. now. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That's what I thought. You walked through there, you got some candy, and then they had stations where you could get your free photo pass picture taken. I, I remember I was because we couldn't dress up in uh, any kind of costumes. I was wearing a Mickey Mouse Club T-shirt and I wanted to get a pair of ears, but I never did. And my wife was dressed in Tinkerbell gear. She had some kind of wings or something on and a green shirt. Yeah, I know that. um We've been a few times, so uh, I've already uh, asked my kids if I had their permission to share pictures of them in their Halloween costumes because, you know, you figure they would have been JD's first time, my son's first time. What well, he was, like I said, six or seven months old, so he was a little thing. And then my daughter, first time she went, she was born in December of 2006, so her first Halloween would have been, she was almost a year old in October of 2007. So I know we went then as well. So uh, I will share some pictures of them in their Halloween costumes that we, we got to go with our kids when they were little to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. And uh, we'll share some pictures uh, for the YouTube video that you guys will uh, get a chance to take a look at if you're watching on YouTube. So I, like, I always to... go ahead. I can't wait to see those photos, but I was wondering uh, when, when, when I, it's interesting to me to hear that this has been an event that went on for years because I thought that it was a, at the time when I was going, I thought it was a response to Universal's Halloween uh, night because I know those were growing, was it Halloween Horror Nights? Were Halloween growing in Horror popularity. Nights. They were growing in popularity in the 1990s and the, and the 2000s. And I remember going to one of those that was extremely scary. So I thought when I saw that it said Mickey's not so scary that it was in response to to the fact that the um, Universal's what was that much scarier. Yeah, it's absolutely the name of the the name of the not so scary Halloween party is definitely a play off of Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, um, 
at Universal Studios in Florida, theirs began in 1991. So the, it's a little bit older. 30 years than, now. Yes, absolutely. It's a little bit older than than Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, which you know began in 1995. But uh, I would say that uh, without doubt that it was definitely an answer to Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, which we know is over 30 years old now and is, or I guess this is the 30th year and is extremely popular. So Disney is definitely, this was their answer to it. You can go to Universal and get scared or you can come here and get candy and, and not be scared. So, and, and I want to just say one more thing that I know we're basically the East Coast show. We talk about Disney World all the time, but October used to be my favorite month, as I've mentioned before, to go traveling to any Disney park. It's also my birthday month. Maybe that's why. But I also, I went out to, uh, to Disneyland one year for my birthday, and it was during their Halloween celebration. And one of the coolest things that they had there that I wish they would bring to our side was that they revamped the haunted mansion so it was a haunted halloween uh mansion and everything had uh a halloween theme to it inside of there i i took a lot of photos i think at one point of that and i kind of wish that they would bring that overlay over to to disney world it would add an extra layer especially to this 199 dollars thing right it was actually something (laughs) it was actually something pretty cool to see and to experience so for me um i have alluded that um, we were really torn whether or not we were going to spend the extra money to do the Mickey's not so scary um, Halloween party. And so in the end, I finally decided, yeah, we're going to do that. And we used it to kind of like you, um, Tony, in that we chose to use that as a day at the park. We didn't use any other ticket that same day. And so we were able to, purchase less tickets and yet still go to and use that as a ticket for the day. What was really cool back in the day is that you alluded to this Dewey is that you got an armband um, to get in and for Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. And there was a certain time that you were supposed to get in, but many guests in MHM had some of those individuals on there saying, hey, don't wait until the appointed time. You can get in at this time. And so we took advantage of that and got in quite early to to the to the um, park based on when you shouldn't. And I remember distinctly cast members stationed throughout the park. Yeah. You had to hold your armband up several times to to be able to stay in the park because i was like oh they're not gonna be how are they gonna control this an armband is not but let me they they have they've definitely mastered crowd control absolutely they didn't let you Um, on the ride unless you had the band on yeah so and you could even just be walking and if you were walking the wrong direction of the exit they would turn you around without an Mm -hmm. armband so um it was very interesting how they were able to do that. And, and our girls were dressed as princesses. And I was also very amazed as you were Dewey at the generosity of the candy and very pleasantly um, pleased with the, the bang for the buck, if you will, um, for this Halloween party. Cause I had been to other amusement parks where, um, in the East, you know, um, 
amusement parks can't stay open year round. The weather just doesn't permit that. And so they have come up with these one day or the event tickets where you can go and they do other special events and, and most of the rides are not open due to weather. Um, so they kind of come up with shows and stuff, making it more And and I've never felt that the ones that I'd went to had really, um, provided the, the, the bang for the buck. Disney truly surprised me from that perspective. And, and, and so I'm excited to hear that. I'm a little disappointed again to hear what they're doing with boo bash and under $99. But, um, anyway, the, um, so the experience for us was very memorable. It, it, it worked out well. And I loved the headless horseman at the start of the parade. It was so cool. So cool. And um, very cool memories for us. Yeah, I will say that, uh, you know, obviously I didn't go to the Boo Bash this year, but just based on reading what they offered, uh, it certainly doesn't sound like it was very wasn't great for what you got for your, for your investment. But I will say that I think whenever Mickey's not so scary Halloween party does return, if that's indeed what they do, uh, I would suggest that you go to it at least once because yeah. uh, it is really, really uh, a special event. It's a lot of fun. You know, in pre pandemic, it was, so much stuff to do and so much trick-or-treating and so many characters and, you know, shorter lines for the rides. I would say it's something that you should definitely do at least one time, definitely experience it. And, you know, we, we keep talking about the price, but you actually do get theme park admission. You know, it does include admission to the park that day, even though you're really, you know, you can get in around four, somewhere between four and six, I guess you're not getting a full day. But if they stay open until, you know, midnight or 1, 1 a.m. or whatever, you're getting, you know, six or so hours, seven hours or so admission. to. And the with party. the lines, it really does feel like a full day. We felt like we got uh, a great day um, within that. We also did a little at the time it was downtown Disney. So we did a lot of downtown Disney that day and then made our, our way to the park after yeah. that. So it, I would definitely suggest doing it at least one time. You got to check it out and and do it if 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 they if it returns next year because we always enjoyed it and it's a lot of fun. The last time I went, I remember we paid sixty nine ninety five per person, oh. and to me that was kind of reaching the limit of what I yeah. thought was a fair Reasonable. price for an yeah, event. I, yeah, I, I I felt like they were had just about reached the threshold at least of what I would pay. And, you know, so the 129 to 199 is, is pretty far out there as far as prices go, but uh, I didn't, I didn't mind spending the 69.95. So, so that's about it for the history and future of not so scary Halloween party. So that was, hey, dude, you just said something though, that surprised me. So cast members can't sign, um, family into these special events no hard it's if it's a hard ticketed event even cast members have to pay for it cast members don't get to walk in themselves a cast member if you're going to a hard ticket event they have to pay for that event 
Yep. So you actually experienced some of the the financial impact to your That's family right. from from a That's Disney right. trip with this. That's right. Wow. I had to. I've paid for Mickey's not so scary Halloween parties several occasions. So yes. And but but so but to that point though, and I'm not trying, but it would make sense where sixty because when you said sixty nine, I'm like that that to me still feels very significant and but it makes sense and not i'm not this is not a slam but for you that's really the only cost you have to mm -hmm. get into the park so that becomes very reasonable from that perspective absolutely yes but like i said even at that i felt like 69.95 was uh, the threshold that yeah. i would pay that but i i didn't think i was going to pay much more than that so yeah interesting uh, yeah, 199 seems out of reach. All right, guys. So that was fun. Listen, I, I, I really enjoyed that. Some of that stuff I didn't know, and I had to, you know, do the research for it. Um, you know, obviously I knew a little bit about the Halloween party based upon my experiences and actually going there, but I didn't know a whole lot about the history and stuff. So I enjoyed doing the doing the research and finding out more about it. So that was fun. And uh, I hope you guys, the listeners, hope y'all enjoyed that as well. And let us know, have you been to one of these events? What, which one and what did you think of it? Absolutely. We would love to hear from you guys. If you've been to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, or if you were one of the folks that went to this year's uh, After Hours Boo Bash, uh, give us a holler and let us know if we missed anything that, that you got for your money on one of those nights or let us know if we're right or if we're wrong about um, value for your, your, your dollar investments on. Yeah. I'd really, I'm back. really interested to hear some feedback on that. Absolutely. I, I'd really like to hear that. Absolutely. All right, guys, that is it for the main segment this year's um, or the, the episode 11 Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. That's it for that segment. Let's move on. All right, guys. So let's move on to the next segment. This is what we like to call What's Happening Now in Walt Disney World. So this week, some photos surfaced online of renewed construction on the Moana Journey of Water attraction that is coming to Epcot Center's upcoming World Nature neighborhood. So you guys know that they've no more future world, no more future world east, no more future world west. Future world is gone. Now there are three neighborhoods in, in uh, Epcot. You've got World Showcase, you have World Nature, and you have World Discovery. Those are the three neighborhoods. So as you know, this construction project has been going on for a couple of years now, but is making some very slow progress. Many of the things that were announced for the reimagining of Epcot Center were supposed to have been ready for the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary celebration that began just a couple of weeks ago on October 1st of 2021. But many of those projects were either put on pause or as Disney puts it, postponed due to the global COVID pandemic. Last week saw the openings, I'm sorry, last month saw the openings of both the new creation shop which is the replacement to the now extinct Mouse Gear flagship store in Epcot Center, and the newly reimagined Club Cool Coca-Cola store 
also opened. So now that those two projects have been completed, it appears that Disney is ready to shift over its attention and its construction over to hopefully kick things into gear for the Moana attraction. New photos taken from above the construction walls that those views are available to you when you ride the Epcot Center monorail loop reveal renewed activity on the Moana site. Significant digging was reported. And along with the digging, there is now what is appears to be the beginning of two structures, two buildings starting to come out of the ground. So the jo- the journey of a the journey of water attraction. I, I don't know if that's hard to say or if I'm just having trouble saying it. But the Moana journey of water attraction is currently slated for opening sometime next year. So 2022 is what it says. That's as specific as Disney is being. It, they, they haven't said anything else about a month or a day or anything like that. It just says next year, basically. So what do you guys think? Are you guys excited about the, the coming of Moana Journey of Water coming to the, the Disney's Epcot Center, the nature neighborhood? What do you guys think? Are you, are you excited about it? Do you know anything about it? What do y'all, what do y'all think? I don't know much about it, but my daughters love the show Moana, and we've watched it several times, so I'm interested to see what how they imagine that, and, and um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. What about you, Tony? What do you think? Are you a Moana guy? <laughs> I've only seen it once, but uh, and I don't really remember it, but the, the, the production paintings that they showed for it looked pretty interesting. However, uh, uh, we don't know how far they'll go. You know, um, first of all, it's going to be a walkthrough attraction. Oh. So it's it's not a ride. It's going to be a walkthrough. So right there I, it has me a little skeptical. Uh, it it, it kind of sounds like you're just going to be walking through a garden and there's going to be waterfalls. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the paintings, the renderings or whatever, they look interesting. I don't know that I would have, yeah, I don't know that if I were Imagineer, I would have torn down Communicore or Interventions or whatever you want to call it. I'm old school. I still call it Communicore. Uh, I wouldn't have demolished that entire side over there, that whole side of the building to build a walkthrough garden where the, as we we said before about the IP coming to the parks, why Moana and why Epcot, you know, it doesn't really fit there. Could put that in the water park. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, unfortunately, the all of the budget cutbacks and, and it's, yep. it's that has been going on for the last decade um, with the pandemic really taking a toll on the stuff that was supposed to be coming to Epcot. You know, we lost yeah. the Celebration Center, that that double decker, that two tiered building that was supposed to be the home of all uh, all Epcot celebrations and had that big viewing area on top for the fireworks shows and stuff. We know that that got, uh, as Disney says, postponed. We know we're not getting the Mary Poppins attraction in the UK pavilion anymore. That, so that was a, that was confirmed. That it's confirmed that it's uh, on the shelf. It's not being mm. moved forward currently. Same thing goes for the rehab 
of Spaceship Earth that is also on the shelf. Really? So, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, that's on the shelf too. Um, you know, Dame Judy Dench's version of Spaceship Earth is actually my least favorite of any iteration I've seen. So I was excited for a new Spaceship Earth. And then, you know, I was ready for a new narration. And, um, you know, we're not going to get that, at least for a little while. And right now, at least for the time being, that Discovery Center, that, 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 uh, that play, that Disney play that is going to go over in uh, the Discovery neighborhood, it's going to fill the building that used to be uh, Wonders of Life. That is also on hold because, you know, um, basically it's going to be a place where you can go and touch and play games and stuff. And during a global pandemic, they don't want a whole bunch of people touching the same thing, I guess. Sure. So I understand some of that, but I don't know. Um, I, I hope it's magical. I hope it's uh, special. Uh, I'm with you, Tony. I'm not real sure how I see that it's connected to Epcot. Epcot yeah, that almost seems know. like it should have been at the water park. They've got plenty of room to renovate there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess it, it makes as much sense in Epcot as Guardians of the Galaxy makes yeah. as much sense, you know? Until something so, else replaces it in 20 years. <laughs> I will remain cautiously optimistic. I hope it's something special. They, you know, we know Epcot Center. And those fountains, I, I remember my, my uh, father-in-law used to love watching the fountains that were there. You know, that was his favorite thing to do at the end of the night. Yep. And well, you know, that's gone too. Mm -hmm. So I remain cautious, cautiously optimistic. We shall see. In other Walt Disney World news this week, the Disney Genie, the Genie Plus, and individual Lightning Lane access services began operations this week. From what I've let, read online, uh, there didn't seem to be any widespread failures or problems with the, surf, the service, although I did hear about a few glitches having to refresh and restart and stuff like that. But I haven't heard of any, you know, widespread failures or anything. So I guess when you're rolling out a, a gigantic new technology that literally changes the way you operate in the parks, I guess the fact that it didn't have a, a widespread failure, that's probably good news for Disney. But um, I can tell you what I have also heard is that this individual attraction selection remember ron earlier you were saying you know uh, what did you say you said you wonder if people are going to stop visiting oh, because of all these, yeah uh, exactly these price increases and stuff yeah. well we know we were a little skeptical about this, the the genie plus and the individual attraction selection because you're paying anywhere from seven dollars for seven dollars per person per ride if you want to get into the lightning lane for uh, i think it was everest was seven all the way up to fifteen dollars uh, for one ride on the Rise of the Resistance. So, to answer your question, Ron, are people steering away? The answer is no, because the first several days of this being in operation, uh, popular rides like Rise of the Resistance has sold out of the day's quota of available Lightning Lane selection so rise of the resistance look i heard sold out by 9 a.m on the first day yeah on the first day sold out by 9 a.m so uh look, i don't know what all these people do for a living they must be you know 
my guess is they're uh, Elon Musk's cousin or something. That's the only way, you know, I would have to be. Because isn't, is that a $15 ticket? Yes. Yes. Per person. Per person plus park entrance. Oh, yes. So, yes. So Do you have to have Genie Plus to do that? Well, Genie Plus, you remember, it used to be called, the whole thing was called My Disney Experience, that app. Disney or Genie Plus is a new, the new service. But Genie is. Genie is the new service. Genie is the new service. Genie, everybody gets. And that's how you make reservations for food. That's how you do all of those things online. The Genie Plus is what you pay if you want to get lightning lane access for those 46 attractions across the park. So that's the additional charge. But everybody uses Genie, Disney's Genie, to do normal stuff. You can buy tickets. You can make reservations for food and stuff. Genie Plus is to buy the, basically you're buying FastPass. And then the individual attraction selection is the one just, just for one price for one ride on the more popular. No, uh, that, that makes sense. I just didn't know if you had to have lightning pass to be able to buy the individual experience. I don't think so. I think no. that you can buy that separately. Yeah. You don't have to okay. pay. Except try Plus. figuring that out on the day that you're at the park and you're trying to do it. <laughs> just sit there. I mean, I've seen, I've watched a, several live blogs this week of this happening and people were just having, they weren't necessarily having the widespread issue that you're talking about, Dewey, but they actually were having individual issues where the app wasn't refreshing. They had to go, they, they made reservations that were not showing up on the app itself. They would have to go to the, uh, to the customer service desk and see if that's, there's a way to fix that. Disney's added a bunch of customer service reps all over the place because of this, obviously. But just think about the average person who's going to the park who doesn't know about any of this and just says, oh, I'm going to go to Disney. There was someone talking to someone who had made plans for six months to come during this time period, had no idea this was going to happen during it. So they kind of just all their plans had to go out the window because you're getting this new thing where you either have to wait on a very long line or use this app to get into your attractions. Now, uh, on the other side, there are people who are saying because of the attra- because of the app, you get into the attraction within 11 minutes, within five minutes, and that the wait times that they're reporting on the app are actually a lot shorter in person than they are on the app itself, which is both are good things. It's just the confusion because if you're, get, if you're getting something on your phone that says, well, if you click here, you'll be able to get this ride. And by the way, click here on these two because you can get these two. The average person is just going to go, okay, click, click, click without knowing it's going ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching on there. (laughs) (laughs) And also on the other, on the other side of it too. um, I was thinking about this the other day. I had a a family of four with me the last time that I went to Disney and we went to one and we were trying to get onto rise of the resistance, which was the first use of this kind of an app. And all of those people were linked to my party on my phone, on my account. So in other words, if you're going with your family, or let's say you're a bunch of friends, all three of us go, and one of us makes reservations, that's $15 on one of our credit cards that's going yes. on. It's not on individual. You know, they didn't spread it out amongst all of us. So it's... it's and, and, and Tony, it was very confusing for when we were there to get on Ride of Resistance. We were going with some friends. And to get them link to my account to your party. it was not an easy process it it, it took I, thankfully i read a blog that said hey or no my niece had went and she said before that day make sure you get your party link because if not you're yep. going to end up 
not getting what you need. And, um, and I'm thankful I did that because it was not just click, click, click. And everything was kosher. I ended up taking them out. I forget all of the situation, but they were annual pass holders. And so there is just some, some, some hoops I had jumped through to get us all on the same experience. And that's when it was free. And now we're actually paying yeah, for that kind of an experience. Yeah. I was watching yesterday and doing, I'm not going to spoil this for you, but I was watching uh, somebody go through it. He wanted to show the experience of what it was like to use it. Um, I think it was last night. It was live. And he went to the park and he, first thing he did was rise the resistance and not to spoil it, but one of the major things that happens in there did not happen that for him. And he's paid the extra money for it. Uh, avoided oh. the line. It was fifteen dollars, and yet something that was supposed to happen there did not happen. And you're not getting your money back for that. You know, I hadn't even considered that. I hadn't even considered that you pay fifteen bucks to get on it, and then a portion of it doesn't work, or they have to <laughs> or evacuate you. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. happened too. That's the reason. Uh, on the day that it got sold out, the opening day, a lot of people had gotten those tickets, but then the ride broke down around nine forty-five or ten forty-five, something like that, and so those people had to return later and stand in line and one of the one of the vlogs that i was watching the guy goes back for his time but the the, the line for the uh, lightning lane or whatever it is called who, who the heck knows uh, <laughs> <laughs> um was stretching all the way around because you had all those people had returned for their um for their ride so there's still a lot of glitches to to work out and uh i i think probably the the hardest part about this is just thinking about the fact I mean, yeah, I would pay $15 to go on that ride maybe once if I, if I was traveling down there. But am I going to pay $60 for my whole family to go? That doesn't make any sense. I don't think I would. I'd I say, okay, see y'all. Y'all do it yourself because I'm not paying 60 bucks for you. I'll be the guy. Especially if you've line. been on it. If you've been on it. Before, Especially right? if you've been on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's unfortunate be because I know that I would like to experience it again. Oh yeah, but I'm not paying fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. And in the standby line, is there a standby line still? There is a standby line. There but is it's, now because yes. there wasn't long. before. And I'm sure. Yeah, I would assume. We were that watching it would be where where it was probably one of the longest to. lines. Last night, the the standby line was extending past the entrance into Galaxy's Edge to go in. So there. out by Muppets. Almost by wow. no, yeah, almost by Muppets. Almost. I've heard that uh, they're using part of the outdoor queue for Muppets. Uh, but they don't use it for Muppets anymore, but it's still there. The outdoor queue is has right. been at times incorporated into the the Rise of the Resistance line. So it comes all the way out of there through the, the tunnel that is the entrance to yes, the Galaxy's through the tunnel. Edge, right? And then into the zigzag Muppets, Muppet Vision 3D uh outdoor queue. Wow, so that is wild. That is uh, just- so what I here's what I could see a family doing as I'm sitting here thinking man, do we want to stand in a three hour line for one ride? But what I probably would, if we were in that situation today, what I probably would look at my children and say is you have this much money that you get to spend at Disney. Cause we would do that. Mm-hmm. And I probably would give them the opportunity to use some of their money. If you want to ride this ride and you want to get on it and get off of it so that we can do more at the park, do you want to take some of your souvenir money and put toward this instead of spending <laughs> it at the the shops that's, that's, and do that? that. Sense. And yeah. so I'm not sure that that 
they would get more money out of me, but I could see me trying to work my budget where I would spend less somewhere else. Well, it's not so like I'm not, not sure gonna they're going to. I mean, we are going to give Disney our money one way or another. It doesn't matter. Right. But the thing is, this way of doing it just feels um, feels wrong. Feels manipulative yeah. and, and very non-Disney. And I, I can understand. I know you want to pay for the cost of the ride. All right. But, you know, like my wife says, she goes, well, then why don't they stop doing the fireworks every single night at night? If, if anything, if that's going to cut the cost. Well, let's be honest. And, I mean, about people that wouldn't too. like that either, though. But <laughs> yeah, let's be honest about that. That now that these projection shows have come into you know being a part of the the nighttime spectaculars, there are far fewer actual fireworks hmm. than they were before the the projection started. So they're already saving money on the fireworks because there's less of them. Because most of the shows, uh, the Happy Ever After, which is gone now. And the new Disney Enchantment, it's probably 50% of the show. And then 50% fireworks, where it used to be mostly fireworks. So, you know, that's yeah. interesting, Dewey. I'd like to put a video of Wishes next to the fireworks show today and, and just see how much. Just count the explosions. Yeah, right? yeah, just, yeah. That would be really, really interesting. I bet it's less. Well, do also going with something you said before, and, and you and Ron, Ron and you were discussing earlier. Um, we can't really. I feel bad that we're we're um, harping on Genie Plus without actually trying it, doing the experience of it. However, just on, based on everything that we've read and everything that we that we've that I've seen and and seen people go through the live experience of it, it just it sounds like such a downer, and it, and it adds this extra not only um, cost, but also pressure to your trip because you're going to have to be tethered to, to your phone trying to figure out what it is that you need to do next. Well, I think if you take the money part, take the money part out of the equation and you know, don't even talk about the money because we know we're a little disappointed that yeah. they're making it's this pay for it now. Right. Take that out of the equation. My big problem with, with the Genie Plus is that in the old days with FastPass Plus, you could make your ride reservations, you know, whatever it was, 60 days, I think it was, mm -hmm. 60 days in advance. So you you knew what time your rides were and you could base your, your meals reservations on based on that. With Genie Plus, you if you were a resort guest, you can start making those reservations at 7 a.m. the day of. If you are not a resort guest, if you're staying off property, you cannot make reservations until the park opens for the day. So hmm. that does, you know, to me, I haven't been there to use it, so I'm not being critical of it yet. From the outside looking in, just thinking about what it is, what will be like, that seems to add a, a, an additional layer of Absolutely. pressure. Stress. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. remember the feeling I had with Rise because that was the reason that we were going down there. I mean, we were actually wanted to see Galaxy's Edge and knew that there was a chance that we weren't going to be able to go on Rise because it, at the time it was new, it was breaking down, um, and it was long lines, and you had to use this app. But based on my experience on that on that app alone, I just not looking forward to having to worry about having to go through all that again because it was kind of it was worrisome. So I will say, and this, this can be where our final thoughts on this for this week, I'm sure we'll talk about Genie Plus again, but for final thoughts, I will say that 
taking out the money equation, we know we're not happy about that. I will say that it does appear that the system works well. It does appear that people are, are not having gigantic widespread failures in the, in the software, in the app, and that it works. People are able to get on the rides and do, do the things that they want to do. Uh, so if, at least from that standpoint, uh, I would say that Disney has a success here. They, you know, it very easily, you know how when technology is new, it could very easily fail or not work or only work part of the time or whatever. It does appear that Disney did their homework and did a good job uh, designing the, the system itself. And it works as far technically it works. Whether you like it or you don't like it is completely separate from does the service work? And at least from that standpoint, it looks like Disney has done a good job that the service is providing. They are providing that service successfully to their guests. So that's uh, I will say that it is working. All right, guys. So there you go. That's it for this week's segment number two, what's happening in Walt Disney World. So let's move on to our third and final segment of each and every WDW Reflections podcast. This is called What's Your Favorite? Each week, one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of time, ahead of us recording this segment, and they must answer the question on the spot. So this week, my buddy Ron is taking the wheel of what's your favorite. And if he's ready to ask, Tony and I are ready to answer. So, Ron, what have you got for this week's what's your favorite? Yeah, this is my, I, I promise, this is my favorite segment. I, I look forward to the question every week, and I look forward to coming up with the question for you guys when it's my turn. So this week's what's your favorite is going to stick with today's theme actually, of what we talked about. And that is, what's your favorite event? Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party or Mickey's Very Merry Christmas, and I'm going to mess the name up, but the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party. No, you didn't mess it up. That's it. You got yeah. it. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Nice work. And, right. and I'll be honest, this is super difficult for me. So I'm not going first. <laughs> I'm going to let, um, well, I'll go with you. I think I went first with Tony last time. So I'm going to go with you doing first. All right. Okay. Which one do I like best out of Mickey's not so scary Halloween party or Mickey's very merry Christmas party? Whew. Okay. Let's see. So I'm going to, I'm going to put them on the scales. You get lots and lots of trick-or-treat candy at Mickey's Not So Scary, but you get all the cookies and hot chocolate you can eat and drink at um, the Mickey's Very Merry. I will say I've been to both of them. I've been to both of them a couple of times. I went to the Very Merry. The first time I went to it, it was actually a little chilly. It was in December and, you know, chilly for Florida. So it was actually a little chilly. We were wearing sweatshirts and stuff and, you know, not shorts, sweatshirts and jeans. So the the hot chocolate was actually a welcomed uh, Mm -hmm. 
beverage. I actually enjoyed having lots of hot chocolate, probably drank three or four of them that night. On the other hand, I've been to Mickey's very Merry Christmas party in a typical uh, December day in Florida. And we were wearing shorts and t-shirts and it was probably, I don't know, like 78 degrees or something close to 80 degrees when we were at the party. And let me tell you, Dewey does not enjoy a hearty cup of hot chocolate <laughs> when it's 80 degrees outside. I did not in, I did not have any hot chocolate that night. So I was drinking water with my free Disney uh, Mickey's Very Merry Cookies. So based upon that, based upon what I know about the weather, and, you know, I mean, look, I love the party. I love the parade. Look, one of the best things in all of Disney is the toy soldiers at the Christmas parade. I sure. love those toy soldiers. My son, when he was, you know, two, two or three years old, I mean, that was his favorite. He loved those toy soldiers. So I really do love the Christmas parade. The, I love the very merry Christmas party. I love the snow that falls down mm-hmm. on you on main street, but just if I, if I am going to pick a favorite, really the only way I can say one is better than the other would have to be based upon that one time I didn't drink any hot chocolate because it was 80 degrees in December. So for that reason alone, because they're both great for that reason alone, I'm going to pick as my favorite, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. That's mine. Dewey's not so not so scary Halloween party. What about you, Tony? I would have to uh, actually go the other way. I actually had such a good time at the merry, very merry Christmas party. I think I went to two of them, but I think the very first one was that time that the fir- the, uh, the group that we all met at. I was going to say, I was thinking that we saw each other at that party. Yes, yes. And and that was such a fun time, a fun night. Um, My memories of what it was like, I think that was the day that two of our members had had gotten engaged, I believe. Mm -hmm. And and it was just fun standing on on Main Street watching the snow and uh, the one of the one of the people who we were with had kids with them who had never seen snow before. And they went crazy over the fact that it was snowing uh, on main street. Don't tell them it's soap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the hot chocolate of course is very memorable. The, uh, the March of the, if I remember the right. It was pretty cool that it was, night, it was right? kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. But the, the March of the, of the wooden soldiers, in addition to, to, uh, to the rest of the characters, I, I think it gets you into that very festive mood if i could go down there at the beginning of december every year for that i i would do that i I think my vote goes to the very merry christmas parade that's awesome so uh, this is really difficult for me um because my memories of both are so awesome they they both parties were fun um one was obviously for us it was during an october trip and then the Mickey's not so merry Christmas, or sorry, <laughs> Mickey's very merry Christmas party. You said um, not so merry. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> um, the Christmas party was uh, the first week of December, which amazingly 
um, was a very, I don't know what it is like to now, but then was a very perfect time to go because the Thanksgiving holiday had just ended. Yeah. And it was prior to people being out for Christmas. So the crowds were very light, though. If I remember, if my memory is serving me well, which it may not be, the Mickey's Christmas party seemed a bit crowded compared to the parks during the day. Um, that being said, both were just so much fun. Um, and you got all the cookies and hot chocolate. Um, Christmas is just, as so many people, a uh, favorite holiday and just so joyful and just everybody is in that very giving generous um and just so many so much good about christmas right um it's tough for me i I, i'm trying to find a, a a differential to make one better over the other and 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 i i think we have to hold that you have to choose you can't say it's a tie i'm gonna hold myself to that and and just say i think for this one because there's some unique thing just for the here's what i'm going to make the decision on the uniqueness of the not so scary halloween party in the opening of the parade because you don't see that any other time the headless horseman galloping down is is probably one of my favorite things that I've seen at Disney and it just was so unique. Um, I think that's why I'm going to choose Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. That being said, so we've got two for the Halloween party and one for the Christmas party. Mine though could change tomorrow. If you ask me tomorrow, it could definitely change. Um, but I will say the one that one of these events that I don't even know that they do it anymore. But if we, if I had added it to the mix, there was a princess um, pirate party that we got to experience. I'm telling you, there was no one, no one in this park. And my daughters were made over by every cast member. We walked on, literally walked on every ride. And we had the, we felt like we had the park. It was almost eerie how much um, we had the park to ourselves. And that will never be something that I forget. And that was so cool. Yeah. It was, really, it's almost too close to call for yeah. Mickey's not so scary and Mickey's very merry. And those are almost too close to call. The photo finish there. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ron. That was a pretty good question for this week's What's Your Favorite? And that ends it for this week's What's Your Favorite segment. So hope you guys enjoyed that. And that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please go and follow us on all of our social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast, and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on the following podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Overcast. 
And as we grow, we'll let you know where else we can be found. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, ask for tips for navigating the theme park, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else that you can think of. We would love to hear from you. And thanks for coming back and listening to us here at the WDW Reflections Podcast. See you real soon. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween.